God's word is spirit and life, quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting through every doubt. And this word is about to transform your life. Sit tight with Pastor Tommy Jeremiah Popola as he takes you through this undiluted word of God. Be blessed. Whether you like it or not, life is a race and you are in it. So it's either you run it or you leave it. It's either you run it or you leave it. I want to celebrate the grace of God for the privilege I have to be able to, you know, teach this wonderful evening. Uh, it's been a wonderful season and experience for me as a person. I want to bless the name of the Lord for the just concluded um, you know, convention, the spirit and life convention. And um, the truth today is this, this convention itself brought a reality, you know, on me. And then that really woke me up to realize that there is, there is still more races to run. And um, that's the reason why this wonderful evening, I would love someone to get ready for what God is about to say. It's going to be a series, and um, today is going to be an introduction to, to the series. It's going to be an introduction to the series, and I would like you to just open up your heart and uh, make it a date with God every Wednesday, and um, let's get the word of truth into our spirit. The Bible says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, and the truth that shall set you free. Father, I bless every heart listening this wonderful day. I ask that the word will come with power, power to liberate, to touch their lives for a total transformation. Thank you, Father, because there is a testimony that will arise from this encounter. We give you praise and all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let me quickly say something to everyone uh, with me in today's uh, Bible study. Let me say this one word. Every truth that you believe and accept is the one that works for your life. See, there is quite a lot of words, truth that is being dispensed. But if you really want to change in your life, if you really want things to go differently, it's every single truth that you believe, every single truth that you accept and put to work in your life, those are the truths that batch result. And, and tonight, it's not. Uh, it's it's more than uh, just preaching. This is dispensing the real deal, the real word that can cause a total transformation in your life. A lot of people have heard too many truths enough, but they do not put that truth to practice. The Bible says, "And ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free." The word know in that place is where you can relate to the word yada. Now that is having a full understanding of the word truth. So if I get to know a truth from the word of God, I, it's not just knowing it in that light. It's sitting down to analyze, sitting down to digest, sitting down to meditate on that word of truth. It is when it gets to that point that there is a result. See, every truth you listen to that you accept must mix with faith in your life for it to birth a result. 
every truth you listen to that you've come to accept and believe must mix with faith in your life before you can see a result. And you have to wake up to this reality. You have to wake up to this reality that you are on a race in life. You are on a race in life. You can't afford to ignore the fact that you're on a race. You're not, you can't afford to ignore the fact that life and time is not waiting for you. You can't ignore that fact. You cannot. You cannot. And, and I quickly want to show you a particular story in the Bible before I really go into the depth of what I have today. I want to show you a, a profound story that really struck my heart one day. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You are online. You're listening to me. I would love you to invite a friend. A friend that you would love to uh, have access to the truth so that they can get uh, the real gist of what life is and how to handle life. Now, I wanted to go to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And I'm going to be reading from verse 13 for now. I'm going to be reading from verse 13 for now. And, and I need you to realize this story is very powerful for someone that is connected at this hour. It's, it's one story that you may never have listened to or heard of or believed inside the scriptures. So I read. Now this writer said, I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. So this writer is saying, I actually saw under the sun an example of wisdom. And this example really greatly impressed him. And when I read through, this example really struck my heart. Woke me up to a reality about life. Woke me up to the reality about the happenings in life. Now listen to what it says. It said, there was once a small city. And I need somebody to follow me. There was once a small city, only a few people in it. There was once a small city with only few people in it. And the Bible says, and a powerful king came against it. A powerful king came against it and surrounded it and built huge siege works against it. Now, I want you to look at the illustration given in that story. There was a small city. Come on, Holy Spirit. And I want you to follow me. And if you have someone that you want to be a part of this, to be blessed, you can go ahead and send a link to the person and invite the person. Because I love this wonderful good stuff the Holy Spirit is saying this wonderful evening. There was a small city. And this particular city was besieged by a great king. Now, for this great king to be called a great king, he must have been governing a great city. But the question you should ask yourself is this. What does this small city have as an asset that could attract this great king to want to invade? Now, I'm going somewhere. Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. What is it that is in this great city? That made a whole king that great to build a siege around that city for an invasion. 
there must be something spectacular. There must be something unique. There must be something that great that city had that made a great king to invade it. Now, let me read further for you so that you can have an idea, you know, what I'm saying. And verse 15 of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 says, Now there lived in the city a man poor but wise. Now that definition is crazy. That definition is the whole new level definition. He said there was a man in the city that has been besieged by a great king. There was a certain man in that city and this man was actually a poor man but wise which means this man is a man of wisdom but this man was said to be poor did that struck someone because i want to read for you how it how this was really rendered in the scripture which means like I said earlier, there is something spectacular, something valuable, something very valuable about this particular city. And the truth about life is this. This is where a whole lot of people miss out in what will give them, you know, a, a, a broad view and a great understanding of life. Now, I'm talking about a city that happens to be small, but was invaded by a great king. And the Bible is making us understand that in the small city, even though they were little in number, there was a particular man, though he was poor, but was a man of wisdom. Though he was poor, but was a man of wisdom, which means this man was if the Bible says he was poor, take it from me, he was poor. When the Bible says he is wise, take it from me, he is actually a wise man. Now, look at what happened to him in, in, to them in verse 15. Verse 15 of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And I wanted to follow me. Don't, don't disconnect. Follow me. It says, but there was found in it a poor wise man. And by his wisdom, he by his wisdom delivered the city. Now, I want you to understand that everyone in that particular city didn't have the solution to the present problem. But the present problem was solved by a man of wisdom. Now, let us sink into your spirit. Whatever made the king, that king, to invade the city. Remember the Bible described that this particular king happens to be a great king. This particular king happens to be a great king. What was a great king looking for in a small city? Something valuable. Now, the Bible spoke about the city but still, in the zone of the poor, they could still find a wise man. And the Bible said, by the wisdom of this poor wise man, the city, the city was delivered. The city was delivered. Which means, this man, though poor, had the wisdom to save the city from the hand of a powerful king. Now, there is someone listening to me today, and you are right there, and I want you to just stick with me for the next few minutes. 
For there is a word God wants to say to you. Now, you, you've complained all your life that you don't have every single thing. But I want to tell you today that the thing you need to go for is wisdom. The Bible says for wisdom is profitable to direct. Whatever happened on that day in that city, what saved them was wisdom. What saved them was wisdom. What saved that small city in the hands of a great king is wisdom. What will save you from the misery you find yourself is wisdom. I'm going somewhere, remember. So the question you need to ask yourself really is this. And it's, the, the question is rather very, very funny. The question is this. Are you wise? Can you consider yourself to say you're a man of wisdom? Can you consider yourself to say that as a young lady you are, you carry wisdom? The Bible says wisdom is a principal thing. Wisdom. 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 But you see, I want to show you something very subtle in that story. After throwing into the light of asking yourself the question, are you wise? Are you a man of wisdom? Are you a woman that carries wisdom? Listen to what I'm about to say. The Bible says, after this man of wisdom, saved the city from the great man. Whatever this man saved the city from was simple. He saved the city from losing their valuable life and losing anything valuable they worked for. That's just the two things. That's just the two things. He saved this young man from this young man saved the city from them losing their valuable life and also from them losing their valuable goods. Those were the two things that he saved them from. But in the light of that, the Bible says at the end of verse 15 of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 15, after this young man, by his wisdom, saved the city from danger, from death, from loss. He says, yet no man seriously remembered that poor man. I mean, one young man just saved everyone in the city he just saved everyone in the city but because he is poor 
nobody remembered him. Listen to me. If you are poor in life and you carry nothing valuable, no man will sought after you. Have you ever asked yourself the reason why 5,000 people followed Jesus Christ into the wilderness? 5,000 families followed Jesus Christ into the wilderness. You will understand the depth of what I said just now if you check the dictionary right now for the meaning of a wilderness. The wilderness is a place of no hope. Jesus was known to always separate himself to go to a place where he could spend time alone. But I want to believe that as he journeyed to spend the time alone, the people kept pressing on him for the word. I am 100% sure that's how they all got into the wilderness, all because of the word. There was something about Jesus that made everyone to run after him. He was not just a man of wisdom. He was also a man of results. Come on. Did somebody hear what I said just now? Come on. He, Jesus was not just a man of wisdom. He was not just a man of wisdom. He was also a man of results. People could see in his personal life People could see in his personal life that everything in him was just productive. Now, I want to bring this to the, you know, I want to bring this to, to the new day, this, this century we find ourselves in. You're running the race of your life as much as you're running. But ask yourself, do I carry anything called value? Value. What is it that is working in your life? What is it that is working in your life right now? You got to ask yourself a question. Is there anything in my life right now that is working? Is there anything in my life right now that is working? Because if nothing in your life is working right now, I can show you two things that are working against you. Two things that you've not enhanced. Let me take you back to that book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And you're, if you're listening to me, I want you to stick with me tonight. My message is not long. My message today is a wake-up call for somebody. We find ourselves in the season of denial. Denial. God has started working already. You cannot be on the same flight with God and your life will remain at the same height. You cannot be at the same flight with God and your life will remain at the same height. If nothing is working in your life right now, if nothing is working in your destiny right now, something is wrong. You are on the wrong flight. You are in a place of stagnance. You are in a place of retrogression. Something is not right. And I need you to open your eyes. And I need you to open your ears. And I need you to open your heart. 
because you are a child of signs and wonders. Things that happen around you must call the attention of men in the world to glorify your God. Because don't forget, you are a light and you must shine. And what shine in you is the glory. So when you have no glory revealed, something is wrong. The wise men sought for Jesus because they saw a glory. The brothers of Joseph decided to kill him because they saw a glory. There is something about you. And that is why I said that story. What was it in that small city? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 13. What was in that city that made a great king to build such a great army around that city? There was something valuable. And listen to me. Listen to me. You might just have been that city that you have something valuable. And it's like the enemy is gunning for it. But the truth there is this. There is the other side to that story. What identity do you carry? That man was wise enough to touch the world, but was not wise enough to touch his life. And that is talking about some set of people. I want to talk about some set of people that, that, that have not understand that you could be the smartest in the room and be the poorest. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Verse 11, I want to show you something powerful. Verse 10 says, let me take from verse 10, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatever you find your ends do, do it with all your might. Whatever you find your ends do, do it with all your might. Because there is no walk. Come on, listen to that. Because there is no walk, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the place of the dead. So that means while you are still alive and you have breath on the inside of you, there are things that are expected of you as a child of God. You don't carry grace for form. You carry grace for function. Jesus Christ didn't carry the whole of that anointing on his head to just walk the street without causing an impact. The Bible says how God, Jesus, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. And for everywhere he went, he was doing good. Healing the sick, delivering the oppressed, for the Lord God was with him. In. That's what the Bible says. You need to start realizing that there is more to your life. Whatever you find your ends do, do diligently. Whatever you find your ends do, do diligently. Life is a race. But I want to show you something more profound in the book of in, in that book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Look at what verse 11 says. It said, And I returned and saw under the heaven that the race is not to the swiftest. The race of life is not to the swiftest. If you will run the race of life and you run it perfectly, it's not because you are swift. There is a no, there is something you need to know. 
about the race of life. There are so many swift people, people that are smart, so many swift people that are still poor. So something is not yet right. So it's not that if I was smart as my friend, if I was as swift as my brother, that's not the solution to what's on ground. There is something more. There is something more. There is something more. And you got to realize that there's something more. You got to know that there's something more. You got to wake up that there's something more. There is 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 something more to the race of life. For under the heaven that is here on earth, the race is not to the swiftest. You know, I've been to so many. I've, I've been to so many conferences. I've listened to so many conferences where they tell you to be smart. Come on. Where they tell you to be this, to be smart. But, but I wanted to go by the scripture to see what I'm saying. Good stuff here. For the race is not to the swiftest. And the battle of life is not to the strongest. So it's not because you're strong. It's not because you're swift. There is something about life that you probably need to know. And that's why I wanted to stick with me this evening. Because I'm about to show you something very powerful. I'm about to show you something very profound. It even made us understand that do you know that as the race is not to the swiftest, nor the battle to he that is strong, he said neither is bread to the wise or to the rich. Come on. So the fact that you are wise does not mean you have a bread on your table. Did you hear that? And that's why we have that poor man. Even though he was wise, but was still poor. Even though he was wise, he was still poor. So the question you have to start asking yourself is, if the race of life is not to the swiftest, if the battle is not to the strong, you know, let me just use this as an example. I'm a man that loves wrestling, you know, as, as I love the game, not because of the violence, but for every time I sit in front of boxing or MMA, which I love watching, to me, it's like I'm seeing prayer. One person must win. One person will lose. And that's the way it is when we fight the warfare of life. Since the day of John the Baptist, they ever suffered violence. And the violence take it by force. And the Bible is making us to understand that the, the battle is not to the strong. My, my favorite fighter would happen to be uh, this young guy called Israel Adesanya. You know, fought a fight of recent, he fought Polar Costa. Now, the day I was looking at the brief, you know, the profile of Polar Costa, and I saw him as heavy as he is. Polar Costa is a heavy duty guy. Come on, that guy will punch the life out of you. That guy holds you in the corner, you're dead. Every single one that guy fought in 13 fights, 11 KO, technical knockout, which means out of 13 fights this guy had, he knocked out 11 people. And I looked at my fighter 
who happens to be the Israel Adesanya guy. They call him the skinny guy. And I remember when Israel Adesanya was talking, Israel Adesanya said, I'm going to take Polakosta to school. And I'm going to school him in the wrestling bound that day. And I, I, when he said it, I went back to watch the fights of Israel Adesanya. I was trying to check out what this guy was going to do. But behind this guy was a coach. This man is good. And if you are a type that have watched that fight, if you look at the profile of the both of them, you will outrightly tell yourself, Israel Adesanya is done. But listen to me. The battle of life is not to the strong. That fight happens to be the simplest fight ever that I watched. He said it, he said, I'm going to make this fight easy and I'm going to take, I'm going to take Polakosa to school. Now, I watched the fight and I saw the way he wrecked this man with all the muzzle and all the strength. And I realized something. That the battle of life is not to the strongest. You may have the strength. You may have all the muscles. You may have all the six parts. You may have it all called power. But the battle of life is not to the strongest. Just like the race is not to the swiftest, the battle is not to the strongest, and it is not a 100% guarantee that the man of wisdom will have bread on his table. It's not a guarantee that the man of wisdom will have bread on his table. Then what guarantees a man to win the race? What guarantees a man to win the battle? What guarantees a man to have food on his table? And I believe somebody is following me. The Bible even went ahead and said that even riches, riches is not to the men of intelligence. Riches is not to the men of intelligence. That is the fact that you are very intelligent does not mean you will be rich. The fact that you are intelligent does not mean you're going to be rich. The fact that you are the most intelligent person in the room does not mean you will be the one to carry that riches. Come on. So if wisdom, if, if, if being the swiftest does not guarantee you winning the race, if being the strongest is not guaranteeing that you will win the battle, if being the wisest does not guarantee you have bread on the table. If being the most intelligent does not guarantee that you will have that riches. If being the most understanding in the house does not guarantee that you will have favor. Come on. Then what's happening? You know, that's the reason why many of us are confused about life and so disappointed. Because we have done everything right. That's what you want to say. You've done everything right, but in no result. And that's why it's good to be in church. Because God always unleashes secrets. Secrets that exposes the mysteries to you to understand life. So you look at it so well here. You look at it here. The race is not to the swiftest, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the man of wisdom, nor riches to the man of intelligence, not understanding, nor favor to the man of skills. So the fact that you are the most skillful in the house 
does not mean you'll be the most favored. There are so many people skilled that they are so talented, but still, nobody sees them. Nobody sees them. Nobody sees them. Nobody knows them. I mean, let me be sincere with you. There are guys doing great stuff in life. You meet some ladies that the craft of their hands is excellence. Nothing can compare to it. But when you look at the state of their life, when you look at what their life looks like, it does not match up to the kind of talents they carry. And you are there listening to me, and you know you carry stuffs, but nobody knows you. You have the intellectual capability, but nobody checks on you. It's so dangerous that you are the swiftest in the room, but still, the race, you can't win it. You are the strongest in the room, but still, you fail in the battle. You are the wisest in the room, but still, you ain't got bread to put on the table. You have intelligence. You are so brilliant. Everybody knows you are so skillful, but still, favor does not speak for you. Something is wrong. And I love the way the Bible puts the ending of that particular verse. That sentence starts with but. The word but means you may have everything said in the beginning. You may have the intellectual capability. You may be so wise. You may be so intelligent. You may be so knowledgeable. You may be so strong. You may be so swift. You may be so wise, so highly skilled. But if this but, if this particular word I'm about to share is not evident in your life, you will still remain nothing. Look at what the Bible says. It says, but time and chance happens to them all. Time and chance happens to them all. The end, the New American Standard Bible says it this way. It says, for time and chance overtakes them all which means in the race of life why some get to the end before you get there though you're the swiftest though you're the strongest though you're the most powerful though you're the most intelligent though you're the one with the wisdom you are the one with so much of skill but still someone that doesn't have as much as you have gets there first is because time and chance worked to their favor and overtook you in the race. Time and chance. Time and chance. Time and chance. Time and chance. Hmm. I want to open your eyes to see something this evening. And I want you to stick with me. 
everything in life, everything in life is tied to time. Everything in life is tied to time. Everything in life is tied to time. I'll show you that good stuff. Now watch this. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Let me show you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there is a season. And watch that. To everything there is a season. And a time for every matter and purpose under the heaven. To everything there is a season. Everything in life is a season. Everything in life is a season. Everything in life is tied into, wrapped up in seasons. That song says, you've got time and season in your hands. God is the Alpha and the Omega, is the beginning and the end, is the first and the last. Everything in life is wrapped up in season. Everything in life is wrapped up in season. And everything in life unfold in its time. Everything in life is wrapped up in seasons. And everything in life unfolds in its time. So the Bible went ahead and said in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. There is a time and a season to everything. There is a time to kill and a time to heal. There is a time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and there is a time to dance. We know this Bible verse. We've heard it before, but we do not understand it. We do not understand it. We do not understand it. That everything in life is wrapped up in season. And everything in life unfolds in time. And that's the reason why. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Time and chance overtakes them all. Time and chance. Time and chance. Time and chance. Now let me say this to you. There are two things you do for yourself in life. You've got to equip yourself for yourself. And you've got to equip yourself for the world. There are people that equip themselves from them, for themselves, but they do not equip themselves for the world. So the world knows nothing about them. But there are also people that equip themselves for the world, but they don't equip themselves for themselves. Those kind of the people are the people that are being used and not remembered. 
What I said right now, right now is going to take you a lot of wisdom to sit down to think about it. It's going to take you quite a lot. When Jesus Christ started his mandate, the first thing he did was to equip himself from himself. So he did study the word day and night. Jesus did equip himself for himself. And after that, he then equipped himself for the world. So that's the reason why Jesus was valuable. You see, I want to open your eyes to something deeper. I want to open your eyes to something deeper. You see, let me make it more practical. Some of us eat. You know, when you eat, you eat for yourself. But you know, there is a way you eat for yourself. That way is different from the way you eat for the world. The two has to be balanced. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. The teaching is rather strange. What is the truth? Men that eat for themselves are men that end up having obesity. Have you ever met people that are like 400 pounds, 500 pounds, 350 pounds, men that have become a burden on themselves? You have quite a lot of people that the way they eat, their eating habit is pretty bad. Men like that eat for themselves because they eat to the point where they just want to be satisfied for themselves. I'm going somewhere. Then you have people that actually eat so that they can function for the world. It's two different things. <laughs> so you find people that eat so that they can function at a place of work. You find people eat so that they can function at the day-to-day -day activity. But when these people come back to themselves, they lack the reasoning to actually make sure they take good care of themselves. Such people are people that after they do great things, they don't even end up living to see it. And people forget about them. So what's the wisdom there? So it's good not just to eat for yourself alone. It's good to eat for yourself and also eat for the task, for the mission. Heat for the task and for the mission. By this, you have fed your body through vision. Let me show you this. So the prophet slept one day. And when the prophet slept, the Bible says, and the angel came and woke him up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to eat. Because somebody felt that the illustration I gave at first, the illustration I gave at first was emotional. No, no, it's not. And stick with me. Stick with me, please. The angel woke the prophet up to heat at first. That's prophet Elijah. Elijah. And when he ate, when he ate at first, 
he ate and slept back. And when he ate and slept, the angel woke him up again. And the angel said, come on, you ate, but you ate for yourself alone. And if you run the race of life on this energy, you will, fit, you will not get to the destination. You will not get to the destination. There is a time to eat. There is a time to fast. There is a time to plant. There is a time to harvest. Everything in life is wrapped up in season. And they unfold in time. And you got to understand. You got to understand that every single thing you do. You must do with the perspective of understanding how the race of life is supposed to be wrong. So the prophet ate at first, ate for himself. And the angel woke him up and said, you need to eat more because the journey ahead of you is great. That is the race you are about to run ahead of you is great. And if you look at that story, you will discover that the prophet woke up and ate. And the moment he ate the second meal, the first meal was for himself. The second meal was for the mission. The Bible says he traveled 40 days and 40 nights, non-stop, till he got to the mountain of the Lord. Till he got to his destination. Now, I read the story of that young man for you in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 13 to 15. This man was wise enough to deliver. Oh, my God. This man was wise enough to deliver the city, but was foolish enough to deliver himself. Hmm. Just like I'm preaching now and somebody feels that is a, is a friend of yours that needs this message. You feel you don't need it. Every word that comes is for you. Sit and pick that word out of it. Have you met people in life that they are good at giving you advice and apparently the advice they give to you is right? But they have never been able to give themselves the same advice for them to be a better person. Because when time and chance shows up, you must not only be ready for yourself, you must also be ready for the task. Because life is going to lay a demand on you. Aside the demand that is being laid on you from yourself. Even the you yourself will lay a demand on you. Number one, you will need to eat. That's a demand. Your body will demand food. Your body will demand clothes because you cannot walk naked. Your body will demand a roof on your head because you cannot sleep on the street. Your brain will demand knowledge from you. There is a demand that life will lay on you. And there's a demand that even you, your person, yourself, will lay on yourself. If you're not equipped 
to handle the demands that comes from the you and the one that comes from the world, you become a, you become a failure. That's why Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, it said, whatever you find your ends do, do diligently, do diligently, do diligently, run the race of life diligently. You've got to be intentional with the race of your life. And you need to come to this understanding that the race of life is not to the swiftest. The race of life is not to the strongest. The race of life is not to the man of wisdom. The battle you will fight in life is not because you're strong. You won't have food on the table. Hallelujah. You won't have food on the table basically because you're a man of wisdom. Just like we see the life of that wise man that was poor. For him to be a wise man, and scripture spoke about the fact that he is poor, is basically because he does not have the ability to put food on the table. Come on, is somebody there with me? Come on, is somebody there with me? So I need you to wake up to that reality. I needed to wake up to that reality. Life will lay demands on you. As life is laying demands on you, then also your person will lay a demand on yourself. And you cannot afford to fall you can't afford to fail. You can't afford to, to flop. You got to stand up to the reality. You have to. You have to. I want to show you something that we, you know, as preachers, we really don't talk about this. But I really need you to understand that. Do you know that for, for three for three and a half years of the life of Jesus, every day Jesus was walking. Every day. For three and a half years of the life of Jesus, Jesus kept standing up, walking, 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 walking. And what many don't know is this. Jesus is not where he is today because it's Jesus. Jesus is where he is today because he was diligent at the work of the Father. He was diligent at the work of the Father. That's why the Bible makes us to understand in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 49. 
He said, why are you looking for me up and down? As if you do not know that I'm going to go about my father's business. The Bible makes us to understand that Jesus always take time out to be alone. Those were days Jesus was feeding up the demands that was laid on him by himself. And once he's able to equip himself, he would come out of that place of privacy. He would come out to the world and every other demand that is laid on him, he had everything possible to fix it. So time and chance was happening to Jesus and Jesus was maximizing it because Jesus was ready for it. He was ready for it. He was ready for it. Jesus was ready for it. Jesus was ready for it. He was ready for it. And I needed to realize this. That in the light of all this. In the light of all this. Jesus understood. The importance of life. And he was able to maximize. Every single moment that he had. Now, let me quickly shock you about the life of Jesus in three and a half years. I want to shock you. I want to say something about the life of Jesus in three and a half years. The Bible says if we have to record the exploits of Jesus, if we would need to record the exploit of Jesus, Within three and a half years. The Bible says that if they were all written out in books, the whole world would be a library for it. The whole world would be a library for it. Do you mean the whole world? Will be a library for his exploit and still it won't be able to contain it. I don't know how you feel about what I said just now, but it really distraught me. That is, if we count the number of dead people that was raised, if we count the number of crippled that was healed, if we count the number of deaf that came that was able to hear dumb that could speak terminal diseases if every single miracle performed by jesus were put in a record the whole world will be a library for it and it will not contain it now the question i ask myself is for the whole three and a half years what was jesus doing and the bible say everywhere he went he was doing good. That is, Jesus was healing people per seconds. Today we can talk about Jesus. Today we can talk about him as a savior. Basically because of the works he's done. The work on the cross. So I want to ask you this question. What's up with your life? What's up with your own life? What's happening? What's happening? 
What's happening to your life? What was happening? Time and chance, time and chance. You keep missing it, you keep missing it because you're not prepared. Jesus was prepared. Sometimes some people will tell me, I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a job. They'll say they're looking for a job. I will tell them, see, there is job. But the question is, do you have what it takes to take up the job? Do you have what it takes to take up the job? Now, I wanna, I, I want to round up this Bible study tonight by throwing a challenge at you. Take time to sit down to reflect and ask yourself questions. What do I want to make out of this life? Because you might be wise, but still if you're poor, people will forget you. Do you know what the Bible says about poor people? The Bible says even the family of a poor man have no regards for him. The book of Proverbs makes us understand that a poor man has no friends. Now, I'm not talking about heaping up of wealth. I'm talking about value. I'm talking about value. Because the truth there is this. You may have everything. Remember what I give you as an example. There are quite a lot of people that if you share the story of your life with them, they have things to say to help you. But they don't have things to help themselves. Let me tell you, it's like sitting with a banker that tells you all about money but doesn't have it in his account. It has struck him. Yeah. You may be beside money all your life, counting it, and you may never have one to count for yourself. And that's why I decided to use Jesus as an example for today. Jesus took time to add value to himself. So when there was a demand laid on him by himself, he could pick it up. And Jesus added value to himself enough that when life laid demand on him, when purpose laid demand on him, when the vision laid demand on him, he had all it takes to handle it. Is not left alone for you to know in life. You must know how to maximize time and season. And I remember when I was almost closing, you know what the Holy Spirit told me? He said, tell them that to handle time and season, to handle time and chance, you must be prayerful. Someone that walked into a place and said, please, I need a job. And they tell him, somebody just took the job. 
What happened to him? Time and chance worked against him. The Bible spoke about the men of Isiaka. They understood time and season. You need to pray for that grace. You need to pray for the grace. You need to pray for the grace to be able, you need to pray for the grace to be able to handle time and chance. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost to be sensitive to time and chance. Because quite a lot of people miss out in life because they miss their time and they miss the chance. You know there's a difference between time and chance. There are sometimes the time will come and there will be chance. And there are sometimes there will be chance it should not work to your time. <laughs> so you have to pray to make the two of them agree together. That is how the miracle comes for you. So before I share the grace with you and we pray, let me analyze it this way. You can be the swiftest person in the race. You can be the swiftest. But time and chance can work against you. You may be the strongest in your clique. And time and chance will work against you. You may be the wisest and still you won't have what it takes to put food on the table. Time and chance will work against you. You may be the most intelligent in the creed, but still you're poor. And you can be the one that is the most skilled and yet you are not feeble. That is time and chance working against a person. So what I'm going to say is this. What makes time and chance work for, my, work for me and not against me? Nothing else. Prayer. You need to be prayerful enough to control the atmosphere. Because everything in life is spiritual. Whether you like it or not, everything in life is spiritual. Everything in life is spiritual. You know, uh, the results we see on the physical is something that has happened in the spiritual level. It's a done deal. More reason why you need to wake up this morning, this evening. You need to wake up to the reality and understand that it's time to pray. Oh, you tell the friend you're looking for a job and the friend told you, ah, they just employ somebody in our office. Ah, you didn't tell me. Time and chance has worked against you. Let me explain to you what time and chance means. You're traveling and they told you that there is a bus that comes 7 o'clock to pick people. And that day you hurried, you hurried, and hurried, and hurried. And by the time you got there, 7 01, 
They told you the boss is gone. How about you said seven now? Seven, seven, one, and seven is not the same. Anything can happen in 60 seconds. Anything good can happen in 60 seconds. Anything bad can happen in 60 seconds. That person has missed the timing. And that person has missed his chance. You got to learn how to show up on time so that you won't miss your chance. I heard that one in my ears just now. You must learn to be punctual in life. You must learn to show up at the right time in life so that you will not miss your chance. There is quite a lot of people that have taken things for levity behind the scene. When they appear in front, time and chance does not work together for their good because they've taken a lot of things for granted. Somebody's watching me right now. You had all the pandemic to yourself. All the pandemic season to yourself to equip yourself on the internet. Free courses were offered during that time. Because some people were just good enough to do that. You did nothing. Now everybody's back to running. And still, you have no value to do. Now if you look at it so well, if you look at it so well, you'll discover that time and chance. If you had the time, you had the chance, but you didn't pick it up. Oh, Pastor, you see, you can give every excuses you want to give. Some people are making the best of the use of what they don't have to get what they need. Who told you Jesus Christ had it all? He didn't have it all. Jesus Christ didn't have life perfect. Life is not perfect for everybody. But in the midst of all, what really are you doing with your life? Now, I told you, you've got to be prayerful to be able to hone times and season. You've got to be prayerful to be able to handle time and season. If you are never diligent in the place of prayer, you could have never been a very diligent person anywhere else. You can't pray, and you want the supernatural of God to happen to your life. Like it doesn't work that way. Even prayer calls for diligence. Funny enough, prayer calls for punctuality also. Prayer calls for punctuality also. If you miss appointment with God, you can never have an appointment with man. The best person you have an appointment with is the devil. And he will give you a contract. Use you. Hallelujah. I just wanted to understand that the race of life is, is just one that you need to understand how to run it. You need to understand how to run it. And once you're able to get how to, and you understand the ways around it, you will discover that you'll have results beyond measure. I want to believe somebody has been blessed this wonderful evening. You have heard that word. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will do what? Will set you free. Time and chance happens to them all. You've got a time and the chance will come. If you do not maximize your timing, you will lose your chance. And you've got to be ready for yourself and be ready for the world. I said that at the beginning. 
many people missed their chance because they were only ready for themselves. Let me give you another perfect example. You get to an interview and they ask you questions about yourself. You were able to answer it correctly. Then they ask you a question in respect to working with other people. They ask you a question in respect to the future of the company. They ask you a question in respect to what does not have a direct effect on you. And you couldn't give a result. You couldn't even get an answer. That means you were ready for yourself. You're not ready for the world. You're not ready for the call. You're not ready for the mandate. All this is wrapped up in understanding how to maximize your time so that you don't miss your chance. I have seen so many things under the heaven. So many things under the heaven. I have seen so many situations. And it wakes me up to this reality. It wakes me up to this reality. I remember telling myself of recently, I'm getting younger. There is more to do. Sometimes when my children come and say that the rest, I will tell them, rest for what? And that you've been working. And so they say, because I've been working, what happened? Diligence does not kill. Diligence does not kill. The Bible says, seek a man that is diligent in his ways. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, anything you find your hands do, do it diligently. And the Bible says that the hand of the diligent will tend only to prosperity. The hand of the diligent tends only to prosperity. And seek a man that is diligent in his ways. He will not stand before mere men, but before realities. So he discovered that there is no time to rest on the race. There is no time. You've got to show up when life comes. You've got to show up. And you not just show up alone. You have to show up with stuffs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith and walk. Faith and walk. You have so many people that have faith. But no one. And faith without work is nothing. Faith without work is what? It's nothing. Which means faith without work, the man will still be poor. We have a lot of people that pray today. After they finish praying, they go to sleep. You wake up every day to speak in tongues. But your hands are not diligent at something. You will be poor. Anointing does not work on the hands of a lazy person. Hallelujah. I want to believe someone that gotten a message this evening. You've learned something. One sentence has challenged you. One sentence has sparked up the light in you. So I want you to leave this meeting this evening. I want you to leave equipped. I want you to leave with that understanding that the race of life it is time and chance that happens to them all. And you've got to pray that time and chance will happen to favor you. The men of Issachar was graced with understanding time and season. So it's a spiritual thing. Because there are so many things the physical eyes cannot see. There are so, so many things that the physical eyes is limited to. The mind, the physical mind is limited to. Your physical ears is limited to. So you got to take it up in the spirit realm. Praying in the Holy Ghost. 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 Once you pray in the Holy Ghost and the signal is sent, you don't sit down. You start walking. You start walking. You start walking. You start walking. That is how you get results. 
I pray for somebody listening to me. You will not be a failure in the rest of life. In the name of Jesus. You will not be a failure in the rest of life. I decree and declare that the grace to wake up and be diligent in respect to the race of life, the Spirit of the Lord will give unto you. In the name of Jesus, every sleeping giant inside you to wake up now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will not only equip yourself for yourself alone, but receive grace to equip yourself for yourself and also for the world so that your glory can be announced in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of foolishness operating in your life. I decree that the Lord God of heaven, the spirit of the living God, will be at work in your life. Wisdom will speak for you in the name of Jesus. For as many that have eaten and just eaten for themselves alone, I ask that the Holy Spirit will quicken them up to eat for the great journey ahead of them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you that the hand of the living God will be mighty over your life. And you shall not be a failure in the name of Jesus. You will be a solution to your generation in the name of Jesus. I pray for the grace to set record and the grace to break record in the race of life. The Lord shall give unto you in the name of Jesus. Your glory shall be an internationally recognized glory in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks. The same way you anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. I ask that you anoint your sons and daughters with the Holy Ghost and power. Anoint them with grace to take up responsibility. To go into the world and deliver the world. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Blessed be your name, Redeemer. Lord, we give you praise and glory. For in Jesus' precious name, we have a prayer. Amen and amen and amen in Jesus' name. I am so glad that I was able to spend this time with you this evening. Remember, it is time for you to rise up to the task. Listen, it is a danger to be the wisest man and still be poor because the race of life is not to the swiftest. The battle is not to the strongest. The man of wisdom, there is no guarantee that he will have food on his table. The fact that you are intelligent and the fact that you are brilliant does not still mean that you have riches in your hands. And also understand that the fact that you are skilled does not mean that you'll be favored. It is time and chance that happens to them all. How do you manage time when you have the grace that is upon the life of the men of Isiaka? You understand time and season. And remember what I said, that everything in life is wrapped up in the season. And everything wrapped up in the season unfolds in its time. When you have the, the spiritual intelligence to discern time and season, you can never miss your chance. And when you get to the place where the chance is there, you must be ready to pick up the responsibility. That is how the whole world gets to know you. Go and do as you have heard. The Bible says, be not be hearers of the word alone, but hearers and doers of the word. As you pick up this word and you do, study to show yourself approved, like a workman, a, 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 a workman rightly divided the word of truth. As you go ahead to study, as you go ahead to equip yourself, as you go ahead to get yourself ready and get ready for the world, I say the word singing the praise of your God. In the name of Jesus. My name is Pastor Jeremiah. And I'm glad we had this time together. Make sure you stay blessed and stay connected. For Jesus is Lord. I celebrate you. I believe you've been touched by the word from the Transform Nations International Church. A place where we take the word to the world with the Holy Ghost and power. 
to cause transformation in nations. For more information, you can call us on 070-3096-0708 or 081-5976-4481. You can visit us on Facebook at The Transform Nations or follow us on Instagram at TTN Lagos Nigeria or at TTN Ogwamosho Nigeria. You can also download our messages on Google Podcasts. The word transforms.